Closer Look. Welcome to Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. So you planted loads of cucumbers and squash and tomatoes, and maybe you planted basil or mint and or whatever, and it's going crazy. And you're getting way more than your family or your neighbors or your coworkers or strangers or anybody you try to give it to could possibly eat. Well, good news, there is a website for that. It's called ampleharvest.org, A-M-P-L-E as in enough for everyone. This website takes you to food pantries in your area that would love to have fresh fruit and vegetables from your garden. Whether you have boxes or bags or even just a few extra you don't want to throw away. With me today is Gary Oppenheimer. He founded ampleharvest.org back in 2009. Welcome back to Closer Look, Gary. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be back. We talked during the pandemic and seed sales were booming. A lot of people discovered gardening for the first time. Is that a trend that's continuing? Um, the, from what I understand, we went from pre-pandemic numbers of 42 million gardeners to 62 million gardeners during the pandemic. The industry said to us that they estimate that post-pandemic will drift back to 58 million, but still a huge increase over the original 42 million. So a lot of people got dirt under their fingernails, decided it looks good and feels good, and they're still gardening, which means we're going to have more surplus food in gardens than ever before that can be shared with hungry families. And ampleharvest.org has about 8,000 pantries registered right now. Uh, For someone who hasn't heard about what you do, tell us how this works. How do you connect gardeners to hungry families? So basically, ampleharvest.org, think of us as a search engine, a Google, if you will, for the American food pantry system. Food pantries come to ampleharvest.org. They sign up. We make sure that they are legitimately a food. We do some vetting. And then, uh, thanks to a massive grant from Google and a lot of support from a lot of other folks, we help gardeners across America learn the solution to hungers in their backyard. So when they wake up in the morning, too many tomatoes or zucchini or whatever, instead of forcing it on neighbors who don't want it or letting it go to waste, they have the opportunity to be able to donate it to a food pantry down the street or around the corner that really needs it. I've been stunned by the studies that consistently report the amount of food that is wasted in the United States that's just never even consumed. 40% of all food never consumed. And it's not just the food being wasted, but I mean, think about the fact California produces a quarter of, of all the produce in America. And California spends a good chunk of its water that it's sucking dry on agriculture. 50% of its water goes to agriculture. So when you throw fresh food away, you're adding to the 12.5% of that waste is actually water in California alone. The food you waste in your kitchen, in a restaurant, wherever, and frankly, also in your backyard, except the food in your backyard, it doesn't have to be wasted. It can get the people who really need it down the road from you. Ampleharvest.org's job, and we're 501c3, our job is to educate the gardener that they can donate donate the food, connect them to the food pantry in the neighbor that's eager to receive the food, and then we step out of the picture. And for the rest of their gardening life, they donate their surplus harvest to the food pantry, just like, frankly, you donate old clothing to a thrift shop. It's you taking it to the place where it's really needed. They get the food to the hungry families who may well be your next-door neighbor. Now, we've always heard that fresh food, perishables, being given to a food pantry that they're not welcome. How does ampleharvest.org work to solve that problem? The words that have caused more hunger and, in my opinion, um, a dye-related disease in America than anything else is jars, cans, boxes, no fresh food, which is what you hear at every food drive. 
The reason for that is for most food drives, the food goes from you and your generosity to the food drive, from there to a regional food bank, and from there days or weeks or months later to a local food pantry. And that's just fine for processed food. Sure, it's logical. But it doesn't work for fresh food, obviously. What Ample Harvest.org does, we Uberized the food system. <laughs> we basically enable a gardener to connect directly to the food pantry in their own community and bypass the food bank. Food goes from my garden to the food pantry to the hungry family's dinner table on a same-day basis within hours. It not only means you're getting food fresher than you and I can buy in a supermarket, it also means the pantry didn't need to buy costly refrigeration or storage. Very, very simple and sustained. And that's the idea behind it, that it enables a community to care and nourish itself with no further outside um, engagement needed. The food drives are critically important ongoing for the jars and cans and boxes you want to donate. But when you're a gardener and you've got fresh food to donate, come to ampleharvest.org, find the pantry near you, and then you connect with them. And so the key is finding that ideal day and time to bring it in, in partnership with that local food pantry. When do they want you to bring it? What day, what time? And that not only is that important for the food, but there's an ethical component, which is valuable too. Since the person ultimately getting food may well be your next door neighbor or friend, by separating you, the donor, from the hungry person coming in by a little bit of time, there's an element of anonymity. They are not humiliated. You are not embarrassed if you both happen to be there at the same time. You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. Gary Oppenheimer is my guest. He founded a website called ampleharvest.org, A-M-P-L-E. Who's the ideal gardener to donate? Someone who has acres and acres? Someone who has a couple of extra cucumbers? Fruit trees? Yes. <laughs> it's really that simple. Um, you, and by the way, this is an important point. You may have bought a house and never planted a tree. You didn't even know the house came with fruit-bearing trees. You're an accidental gardener because next spring, suddenly you have food uh, coming down from the trees. So you too are included as a gardener, even though you don't think of yourself as that. You didn't do anything actively to garden, but you are now producing food every year from your fruit trees. So I call you an accidental gardener. So whether you've got a five-by-five-foot plot in the backyard, maybe you're in a community garden, Maybe you have a, 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 a raised bed garden or you're an accidental gardener. It doesn't make a difference if you have more food than you can use or preserve or share with friends. It should never go to waste. It can be donated to help your neighbors in need. Why was ampleharvest.org necessary? What did you see when you looked out across the country that made you say, I need to do something about this? Uh, let's start with, I grew up hating waste. My parents, my grandparents always said, finish what's on your plate. Kids are starving in Europe. But I had run a community garden in, in my town in northern New Jersey in the, um, 08 and 09 and realized that I personally wasn't the only one growing too much food. I had a community garden that was growing too much food and it was just being left to rot. And then I realized this was not just me and my community garden. This was millions of gardens across America. And it was a missed opportunity because all of us, when we think about the food on our dinner plate, we only think farm to table. What's in the supermarket, the farmer's market, nobody really ever looked at America's home and community gardeners. And I realized that was a missed opportunity. 
and realized as that this was a solvable one because it was a misin it was an information problem. Misinformation, we already agreed. Jars, cans, boxes, no fresh food. Missing information, where to donate and when. Solve these two information problems and you fix a fundamental flaw, a leak, a gap in our nation's food supply that could nourish tens of millions of hungry people on a sustained basis. And it's not just putting food in your belly, it's putting the healthiest food in your belly and reducing the likelihood of or the incidence of diabetes, like obesity and other diseases. And during COVID, it actually was important to help you maintain your immune system so you could either prevent it or more quickly recover from it. There's a win-win all the way around. It's got environmental benefits and certainly helping reduce hunger and malnutrition in your own community. But we're doing it in 4,200 communities in all 50 states. And I want to also say that there are many, many people who go to a food pantry who need help putting food on the table, but they're also gardeners. That means they have that rare opportunity to go into their backyard. They can harvest the extra tomatoes and cucumbers they can't eat and take that and donate it to the food pantry while getting the bread and milk and cheese that they need. You rarely have an opportunity for people who are um, in need themselves to also be the source of helping other people in their community. You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. Gary Oppenheimer is with me. He founded the nonprofit AmpleHarvest.org. AmpleHarvest.org helps to connect food pantries and gardeners to help solve the problem of hunger in the United States. The website gives us an opportunity to find out what food pantries are accepting fresh food. Gary, you have partnered with some big names to help end hunger. Yes. Catch us up. Um, during the early days of the pandemic, um, I got a phone call out of the blue from a gentleman and he introduced himself as the CEO of a company called Bonnie Plants. You may well be familiar. They're the largest supplier of seedlings in America. So when you go to the garden center or maybe the supermarket, you see tomato and pepper and what other plants, there's a good chance it's Bonnie Plants. And they wanted to help um, reduce hunger as part of their the core mission of the woman who founded Bonnie Plants, her name was Bonnie. They wanted to partner with Ample Harvest. I said, yes, I've been waiting for this for years. And it became a, a marriage made in heaven. They've, they're now sitting on our board. They've been helping us in huge ways to help gardeners across America learn that they can donate food. And they also, by the way, helped to facilitate a, uh, a partnership with a company you may have heard of called Home Depot. They're putting signs in all their stores telling their customers to be able to donate their garden produce. But Bonnie Plants has been a critical part of our success over these years, both on the funding side, the marketing side. They have a website actually called Grow More, Feed More to help people better so they can actually grow more food to feed more people. You also partner with faith communities across the country. It's uh, it's an important part of what ampleharvest.org does to, to reach people with this information. Tell me about the Faith Fights Food Waste Initiative. 70% of food pantries in America are in a house of worship. So I had realized we need to get to the clergy of all faiths in America to let them know that they can speak when they're giving their sermons. Instead of just feed, talking about let's feed hungry people, that they could speak from their own faith perspective about the issue of the waste of food, what the scriptures say, what their values, what the traditions say. We created this program called Faith Fights Food Waste that we actually wrote sermons in their respective faith perspectives 
about food waste and give nine calls to action that they can share with their congregations. In doing this, I get to go to the pastor or the priest and say, does your church have a food pantry? Let's get them on ampleharvest.org. And then when the pastor is speaking to the congregation, statistically, 30, 40% of the people in the pews are themselves gardeners. Once a week, they go to church and they listen to somebody whose values they share. And um, um, they're there to listen and to learn and to absorb from um, their pastor that what the scriptures have to say about food waste. It's not just garden food waste, although that's the top of my list. It's food waste in their kitchen, food waste in their office when they go shopping. It's got many different things. And even if you don't belong to a house of worship, you can go to Faith's Fights Food Waste. There is a component in there for people of faith, but who are not themselves clergy, to have that same experience. It's written in the first rather than the third person to learn about what their own uh, faith values have to say about ending the waste of food. And what is that website again? FaithFightsFoodWaste.org. And it's an education program of AmpleHarvest.org. And it's, and it's, a, it's an important way we're partnering with the entirety of the faith community to reduce food waste and hunger. So there are 35,000 food pantries nationwide. 8,000 or so of them are on ampleharvest.org. But let's talk about the empty parts of the map. Yeah, I've been troubled over the years when you look at our national impact map and you will if literally take, if you draw, take the map of the United States, draw a line down the center to the right, the eastern half of it, we're doing okay. I mean, there's a lot more work to do, but we're doing okay. West Coast, we're doing okay. Texas, Southwest, up to the Great Plains, we have large swaths that we didn't have any impact in. And it really bothered me because Feeding America says there are hungry people in every county in America. And that means there's food pantries in every county in America. Why are they not on ampleharvest.org? I spent a lot of time struggling with this. And I reached out to a decade-long friend whose name is Chief Henry Redcloud. He's Lakota from the Pine Ridge Reservation, said, Henry, help me with this. And we overlaid some maps and we realized we were missing the boat on Native American reservations. Wow. Mm-hmm. That um, there were pieces of how ample harvest.org worked that didn't exactly fit with the realities on the ground in tribal communities. For example... Uh, we require that food pantries need to be a um, uh, nonprofit, standalone or maybe part of a house of worship. But in tribal communities, while there are food pantries like that, there are also food pantries that are owned by the tribal government. And there, frankly, are also uh, places where you have a hardware store with a couple of shelves in the back, and that's a food pantry. We had to adapt to that reality on the ground. There are places, uh, there are reservations in America where there are no street addresses. The way to find a food pantry, maybe in the Navajo Nation, for example, is go to the gas station, turn right, two miles. That's fine if I'm talking to you, but it doesn't work when I want to, when Ample Harvestora wants to direct you to the pantry using Google or Waze. We had to come up with brand new technology that enabled a food pantry that's in a community that doesn't use street addresses to be found. There are replaces, the reservations in America where there's no zip codes. No zip code. How can somebody say, where, where's the nearest food pantry? We had to make that change. And you may have heard that there are many reservations in rural areas of America where telecommunications are weak. So we, had, we made a wholesale change to the ampleharvest.org um, website and technology to fit these changes for Indian country, as it's known. Indian country is, is a uh, large-scale term for tribal communities across the country. 
Now talk about the fact that it's called Indian country. That's something that you and uh, your friend, the chief, put together, right? Discussed no, and well, no. We discussed this, but I mean, this is, uh, when I came into this um, this program, like anybody else who's not Native American, you, you know, you, you want to be cautious with the use of words. Uh, these people are not Indians, and that's a sensitive topic for them. But as I had learned, both the U.S. government and the people of the Native American uh, reservations nationwide collectively refer to themselves as Indian country. So that is the term that is used, and we adopted that particular term to make it so that the people who live in tribal communities get the same benefits as everybody else did has in America. An important thing I didn't know when I started this, this effort, Native Americans, according to the National Gardening Association, do more gardening per capita than any other segment of the American population. We were missing the boat, not only in terms of the needs that they have for the food, but the opportunity presented because they do a lot of gardening. Absolutely, yeah. So we're putting a lot of energy into working with tribal communities across the country to get the reservations up. Use of language is, for me personally, very a very sensitive topic. And so uh, I'll give you an example. I'm Jewish. So, you know, you can use the word Jew as this is, you know, you're a Jew, or you can say you're a Jew. There's a pejorative tone to it. I, with the Indian country, and so I brought that sensitivity to Indian country. And as it turns out, the, the term used both within the government and within the nations, the, or the Native American nations to describe themselves collectively is Indian country. So while you're correct in saying they're not Indians, they're Native Americans or indigenous or first peoples, they do refer to themselves and um, the government refers to them. The, whole, the collection is Indian country. And indeed, the largest media outlet is Indian country today. So um, our, that's the direction that we took there. The use of language is being used with sensitivity and respect. We spent a good deal of time with tribal elders and others to make sure that the terminology and even how we capitalize words is done with an element of respect and recognizing the proper ways of communicating. Not everybody agrees. There are always going to be some people who, who but, but the, as a whole, um, they refer to themselves as Indian country. Um, and it's basically open to, and, and to any reservation, any nation. Uh, we're focused on 49 states, Alaska and the lower 48. But if you are on or near a reservation uh, in the lower 48 or Alaska and you know food pantries, visit ampleharvest.org slash IC, or you can visit ampleharvest.org slash Indian country to learn more. But ampleharvest.org slash IC for the food pantry to sign up and to get the process rolling. There are hundreds of federal reservations and millions of people that live on those in the United States. Many of those people we know are hungry. Hungry and malnourished. Malnourishment, diabetes is, is an is a epidemic in many reservations. But the point is that whatever we can do to get healthier food into a system there, especially food that is local, the, the, the big thing in Indian country is indigenous foods. They're not looking for commodity foods. They're not looking for Italian food to come in, no disrespect to Italians. They're looking for the foods that are, are traditional to native, their own Native American community to get to their hungry families. And that's what Ample Harvest Network in Indian country facilitates. If I'm Native American, I'm presumably growing food in my garden that I would be serving my own family 
and therefore it's food that would be appreciated by my neighbors in need who live in my own community. Let's touch on those special challenges. You, you, you've already mentioned that there are some cultural sensitivities that need to be taken into consideration. But you also said, you know, the, the reality, there's, there's no named streets in a lot of these places. The communities that don't have zip codes and the, the website depends on finding a pantry with a zip code, limited internet access. How did you solve some of those problems? By nature, I'm a problem solver. Let's start with that. Um, but, uh, there were a couple of interesting things. One, which will be great for everybody to learn about. I was struggling with this. How do I send somebody to a place that doesn't have a, an address? I happened to stumble on an amazing, uh, company actually in the UK called what three words, what the number three in words. They mapped the entire planet land and scene to 10 foot by 10 foot squares. And every square is given a name. So I'm making this up, but maybe the front door of your house is actually dog.cat.mouse. And the back door of your house maybe is green.blue.orange. That mapping, which they've done on a planetary scale, we've been able, they've given us their technology, God bless them, so that now when a food pantry is joining ampleharvest.org, we're able to figure out exactly where they are, get that information from directly from the What3Words technology, translate that to longitude and latitude, give that to Google, and now Google can get, or ways can get, a gardener to a to a food pantry. This, by the way, is not only valuable here. This is going to be valuable for when we send somebody to a cathedral, where the food pantries around back. You want to get them to the back door, not to the front door where everybody's going in and out. So that technology will help there. And in tribal communities, it'll be valuable because now you call when an ambulance is called or UPS is called. This technology will help them get um, uh, to exactly where it's needed. On the bandwidth side, we simply took what is ample harvest tolerance, which is not a heavy bandwidth pro- a platform to begin with, but we lowered it. So even if your internet's not great, it would actually work. And in places where there's no zip code, we put in the capacity to work with adjoining nearby zip codes to make it um, um, all work. All of the problems being solved, by the way, are information problems. None of them involve building new things or anything that they all just took a look at. How do you use information to solve a problem that other people have thought was a logistical issue or unsolvable? Uh, took it to the Navajo Nation office in Washington. They loved it. They did an article. This is something that's got huge potential for the entirety of the of in, uh, Indian country. And it allows other hunger and food waste and other programs to come in the door behind us to help out now that we've brought this technology in to help make it all work. The technology and the communication that you have established with the with the language that is uh, respectful. Yeah, that continues to be important when you're dealing with a people who have a, a history of being suspicious of you for whatever reason. And obviously here there were real, real important reasons. You want to make sure that you're treating them with all due respect. You listen carefully to make sure that you're doing the right thing. When that woman and other people said, you can't appropriate our imagery, we didn't push back. We didn't ignore them. We listened and we did it because it was the right thing to do. And as we learn more stuff, if, if we learn more stuff from other people about pivots we have to make, the onus is on us to make the pivots, to make ampleharvest.org in Indie country work. It's not on any uh, reservation or nation to make the changes. It's on us to do that. We were also blessed. I do want to bring out that Google has been a huge supporter. They made a huge contributions to Ample Harvest Org in any country, as did Bonnie Plants, to help underwrite this effort and help to keep uh, to help keep going. So 
you know, thanks and blessings to both of them. The important thing, and this is really important, this has an ongoing sustained impact. If you want to learn more, you can visit ampleharvest.org slash impact. People think you're just a website and um, people don't get to see all the pieces that are happening behind it because we're a one-stop solution. Ultimately, in theory, if we reach 62 or 50 or whatever million or whatever it is, the problem is permanently solved. And other than smallpox, you don't get to say that all that often. You're listening to Closer Look. My name is Maria Morgan. Gary Oppenheimer is with me of ampleharvest.org. Gary, speak to the gardener who's been listening to us talk about what they can do. Connect them with the food pantry. We gardeners, and I'm one of you, grow 11 billion, and this is a pre-pandemic number, it's big enough, we'll use that, 11 billion pounds of surplus harvest every year. That feeds 28 million people. When you have more than you can use, this is not a burden on you. This is an opportunity for you to share the wealth and the bounty of your dirt, of your garden, and the bounty of the goodness in your heart with your neighbors in need. And it's very easy. You harvest the food. You go to ampleharvest.org, put in where you, your zip code, a list of food pantries comes up, select one that's open on the days and times that are convenient and take the food there. It's that simple. And the next time when you wake up with more food than you can use, you don't even have to come to ampleharvest.org again, although we'd love to see you because you now know to where you can take that food, unless you want to share the bounty with other places. You become the hero in your community for reducing hunger and the waste of food. But one other thing you can do is don't keep this to yourself. Talk to your neighboring gardeners. Talk over the picket fence of the gardeners on the other side and say that St. Mary's or St. Joe's you know, church have a food pantry and they're open, that they can donate. Let your gardening friends and families across the country learn that the solution to hunger is in their backyard. This is not something that you do once. It's something you'll be doing for the rest of your gardening life. And you're by helping your community, you're helping your country, you're frankly also helping the planet. And it's as simple as that. There's no rocket science behind it. Now speak to the person who's running a food pantry or, or maybe thinking of starting one who would like to. If you are a food pantry manager, and by the way, to be clear, in some parts of America, you may be called a food closet, food cupboard, or food shelf. And just to be difficult in Washington and Oregon, you'd be called a food bank. If you're running a feeding program, you should come to ampleharvest.org and sign up. Here are four important things to know. Number one, it's free. Number two, you don't need refrigeration or storage. Uh, number three, you don't need internet. And number four, it's free. I know I said that twice because it's really important to know that there's zero cost to you. This becomes an open opportunity for the gardeners in your community, the people who can help you donate food to you year after year. Please don't expect food, by the way, from the gardeners in the dead of February if you're living in you know, North Dakota. No one's gardening then. But during the gardening season, during the harvest season is when people become, uh, will be coming in to donate their food. They can, of course, donate money in jars and cans and boxes if they want. But the thing that your hungry families most value and most need is that freshly harvested food that came out of a garden. By the way, that's particularly important for the children in the community because so many children think that apples come pre-sliced in cellophane or peas come in cans. Getting exposure to freshly harvested food sets a stage for them for the rest of their life. 
to eat better, to be better nourished, to make themselves healthier, and to be, by extension, uh, more uh, healthy and economically vibrant as they go on through life. You being on ampleharvest.org enables the people around you in your community to help you do the thing that you've been struggling to do, which is feed hungry families in your community. And by the way, when the gardeners donate, they may well turn around and write checks to you also, which is also what you're looking for. One of the web designers that helped you launch ampleharvest.org was themselves a food pantry client. Yes. What's your message to the person listening who needs food? If you're looking for a pantry, you can come to ampleharvest.org for the find food function to connect you to a food pantry. Please don't struggle on your own. Please don't go dumpster diving. Don't think that there's no one who's going to help you. There are plenty of programs out there that can help you that have food available. And uh, I would start with 211, of course, by just calling 211 to get connected. You are in, you should be having a good, healthy, nutritious diet. Nobody in this, in this country should be hungry. Nobody in this country should be malnourished. And no parent should ever look at a child and not be able to take care of them. So it's nothing to be embarrassed about. If you need help, go get that help. That website again, ampleharvest.org. To find food or to find a pantry to take any of your extra fruits and veggies from your garden. That's ampleharvest.org. A-M-P-L-E, ample, as in enough for everyone.